You're listening to the Rural Advancement Podcast. Rural Advancement provides resources to empower, equip, and encourage rural pastors and churches. Join our community by visiting us at ruraladvancement.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Rural Advancement. This is the podcast that is by rural leaders and for rural leaders. It is our goal every single week, week in and week out, to bring you content that doesn't just speak to the rural church, but is spoken by those who get it, those who have practiced, those who have lived the journey of rural ministry, and those who have been uh, deeply changed by the impact of rural communities of faith. I'm so glad you're joining us. And again, if you find yourself to be a, a, a lead pastor, a volunteer pastor, a Sunday school teacher, find yourself doing in any way the work of God in small places. We are just so happy you tuned in today. I am your host, Joe Epley. So as the new year has come around, and I say new year as if it's not already February when we're recording this, but we've been talking through what it means to kind of plant churches, revitalize churches, kind of do this work of starting something new in a rural place, you know? And so uh, we've gotten to hear so far from some awesome church planners. We've gone over a rural resource about rural mission. And now we're kind of turning our attention uh, this week to a friend of mine who's recently moved to Montana. He's up in Malta, Montana, and he has such an awesome history of revitalizing uh, rural churches. It's been a huge bulk of his ministry, and his name is Pastor Mike Skaggs, and I'm just so excited to have him on the podcast today. So first, I just want to say, Pastor Mike, how you doing, man? Hey, I am doing awesome, and this it's actually 35 degrees here in Malta today, <laughs> so I'm praising God for that one, and snow is melting, hallelujah, but hey, it's just great to be here, and it, you know what? It's just so great to see that people have a heart for rural ministry, because you know what? We have a lot of small churches here, especially here in Montana, so it's just awesome to just, uh, just you know, I, I appreciate you, brother to have a heart for these churches out in the rural area. And I just praise God for this opportunity to share what God has done in the rural churches, you know. Awesome. Yeah. And I, uh, I couldn't agree more, man. I, I remember even my own first, uh, you know, rubbing shoulders. Cause obviously I'm part of this organization underneath the leadership of Dwight Sandoz and uh, his vision of just, just making resources for the rural church. It's such a value to the kingdom of God. And it, it really blesses my heart and obviously blesses your heart. So, well, true to form, uh, rural is uh, often, as we call it, a place of credentials, right? We walk through and say, you know, where have you been and what have you done? And so, Pastor Mike, would you just maybe take a few minutes here? And I want to hear about, you know, maybe a snapshot of your life and your ministry and how you're connected to the rural church. So maybe start us from the beginning, maybe not the beginning, beginning, but, you know, start us maybe from, I know I, I enjoyed hearing just that quick version of your testimony of, of graduating high school and finding the Lord and going off to ministry from there. So maybe clue us in, man. How has your life and ministry been? It, you, know, you know, I, I praise God for it, you know, and I was raised in church my, my whole entire life since day one, practically, but I turned away from the Lord as a, as a, in high school, you know, I was more concerned about sports and, and other things than, than uh, serving the Lord. So at the age of 18, after I got a, uh, actually got a DUI two weeks, <laughs> I found Jesus. I love <laughs> you it. Know, I found the Lord. Hallelujah. And that same night, um, I received a calling from God and knew that I had to answer that calling. So uh, to answer that calling, I went off to Bethany Bible College, which is located in Scotts Valley, or was located in Scotts Valley, oh, California, sure, sure. near Santa Cruz. And um, praise the Lord that the Lord sent this young lady there from Colorado. Mm -hmm. uh, she came out, didn't know anybody, and sure. didn't have a vehicle. And, you know, God has put us together. So Debbie and I have been married for 33 years now. Wow. And uh, we met at Bethany. And so we have two two kids who 
our son who's been married for 10 years lives in Washington state and our daughter has been married for two years and lives in Texas oh, nice. right now. So cool. we praise God for that. But uh, it's kind of funny real quick. Um, February 4th, you know, I, of course I came from a rough background kind of and didn't know how to sure. ask out girls. And uh, I knew <laughs> if I asked uh, Debbie out the way that I asked out my other girls, uh, it wasn't going to work. So sure. February 4th, 37 years ago was the time we were sitting at the globe right there by the library. And she goes, I like you, you like me. So what are we going to do about this? I you know? That. And I said, let's go out, you know? And so, <laughs> and ever since then, he's a, you know, the Lord is great. And God gave me a, just an awesome wife. Who's been with me through all these years. Both Debbie and I were raised in big churches. Um, sure. That's all we knew was, was big churches. But when we answered a calling, God did not call us to big churches. He called mm-hmm. us to rural churches in the middle of nowhere uh, small, you know, that we're struggling, need some uh, other areas. And so we thought we might be pastoring a big church sometime, having a big sure. staff. But uh, no, now for 30 years, we've answered the wow. call to go to these small rural churches. And uh, we have, but it's been good, Joe, because we have seen God do incredible things. And it's not what we thought it was going to be. Sure. But isn't it so much better to be a part of oh, God's yeah. plan? You know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and honestly, uh, so give us a snapshot, because obviously 30 years in rural ministry, a lot of people might assume that you spent that time with one churches, maybe two churches, you know, or something like that. But but what I've admired about your journey is it seems like God has put really a unique call uh, on your life in terms of how you connect with the rural church. So can you maybe tell us, you know, how many different churches you've been in that time and, and why? You know, what is it that God has called you to do over and over? Yeah, we have been at, at churches in Colorado, California. Oregon and Montana. And we're talking about seven, seven, eight, seven or eight different churches, really. Nice. Um, our, it's, it's a different calling than most people have. This is a, this is a different calling, but we have been called to go to these places uh, and in different ways, either reboot, redirect. And it's just been some tough situations where they, even a couple that they say, Oh, we're just going to, we just want to shut down this church. And I said, no, no, let's, let's, let's see what God can do. Wow. Let's see what God can do. So even situations where, the, the doors probably maybe could have been shut, you know, sure. but I wanted to give you some good news. Those doors are still open. Wow. People are still coming to those uh, little towns and finding the Lord, you know? So it's more, it's, it's not your long terms. It's sure. your short terms, but it's been more of a reboot, redirect, whatever God wanted for that certain church, you know? Sure. And uh, so it's been a different, different calling than, than probably almost every other ministry. Right, right, for sure. And honestly, yeah, I because I, obviously in the rural context, uh, I would say it's it's hopefully, you know, a lot of people equate, you know, rural health in a church with these long-standing pastors who have been healthy. But, but I love that God in all his wisdom puts different gifts and different callings, and he says, hey— there are churches all over the place, and, and we know that from, from our experiences on this podcast and just from our experience from rural ministry. There are churches who need help, and uh, and to to find a couple, a ministry couple like you and your wife, who are willing to um, really, in my opinion, to walk into one of the hardest settings of rural ministry, which is that first two, three, four years. There's some good stuff there where you're kind of a fresh face, and so you, maybe you can make some some you know off the wall calls but typically you're walking in and and just you know you're in an outsider in a new community and you're having to rebuild the trust and and that stuff can be pretty difficult and so um so I'm just honored honestly to to be able to dive into your experiences and hear what the Lord 
kind of has taught you. And so I know on our phone call, you had mentioned to me uh, that that you, you had picked out, because obviously seven or eight churches, we didn't have time to walk through everyone, but you'd picked out a couple churches and you mentioned the role that kind of like the church's financial situation played in, um, you know, how you built not only trust in a small town, but how it kind of opened the door for ministry. And it was a connection that maybe I had thought of before, but really had never had explained to me that well. And so maybe give us a snapshot of, you know, one of those churches, what the finances were like, what you did to help turn that around and how it kind of affected ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there was the first one that always comes to mind, which we talked about the other day was in Lone Pine, California. <laughs> and Lone Pine is, is on the east side of the Sierras uh, near Nevada and near Death Valley and, sure. and, and, and in uh, the high desert, really. But it was it was a small little town. But we got there. And one of the big things, um, it did, had, had hardly any money, you know, had a hard time paying their bills. But uh, one of the other things is that there was t- uh, companies, businesses in the town that the church had charged stuff from them and would not pay the bill, wow. you know. And so that just gave a bad name for the church. Uh, yeah. We can't trust that church, uh, whoever the, the sure. people are, the leadership are, whoever it might be. So this is what I purposely did. I went into those businesses. I would charge. And then the next day I would go back and pay the bill. And after you do that a few times, you kind of say, Hey, I can trust these guys. I can trust these, these, I can trust this pastor. I can trust the the church family now, you know, and it took, it was a process. It took some time, but that trust, if they trust us to be, do what's right, you know, and paying that bill and not just taking advantage of them, because if we just take advantage and they look at this church, like, well, they're supposed to be like this. And then they're like that, you know, Sure. who wants to go there? And in other words, who really wants to serve the Lord they serve, you know, for that reason. So that trust came just by going and paying those bills. And then before you know it, they begin to trust us in other areas. And it even led to those business owners stopping me and saying, thank you for helping me gain, you know, put my trust back in the church, you know. And uh, then that would lead to, I, I would pray for them or hang out with them, a friendship, you know, and it helped them draw closer to the Lord for some of them and helped them plant seeds for some of them. And then some did come to the Lord. So it's oh, wow. important that, uh, that we, uh, you know, we pay our bills, you know, yeah. it may seem <laughs> yeah. different to people, but. You sounds know, silly. It really does. It sounds very unspiritual almost, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like just paying your bills, you know, <laughs> you know, it's crazy. But it led to them putting their trust back in the church, which was huge in that community, you know. And that just, uh, that word gets around too, you know. Sure. That uh, in a small town, you know how the small town sure, works. Yeah, yeah, around, everything so. chats, yeah, everyone, everyone talks, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it really helped us to be able to minister, uh, pray, encourage, and people, hey, I can trust the church. And then it led to some people really trusting God, you know, right. which is far more important than any, any of that really, oh, sure. you know? So yeah, yeah, that was the key, you know, in Lone Pine there. And that, that took a, that took a while to do, but it was great to see what God can do in that situation. I, I, I went to Lone Pine twice and, and you know what, and when you gain that trust, but also you got to pay, you got to uh, support your missionaries. If I can spit oh, sure. that out right. You, you got to support yeah. your missionaries. God blesses a church who supports missionaries. Sure. And you may say, where's the money? Well, you know what? We're going to support the missionaries. Sure. You know? 
And before you know it, gain that trust from the community, support the missionaries. You know, Joe, it's amazing how we didn't know people. We were getting checks in the mail. Sure. Who is this person? We don't know. Yeah. You know, but God knew. And, yeah. and our finances started picking up. And we were able there in Lone Pine to pay off the mortgage sure. of the building. You know, just by it started gaining the trust of the community, wow. help, you know, supporting your missionaries. And then people we didn't know were sending in money. We didn't know who wow. they were. We just get this in the mail. And, and God really blesses your faithfulness and uh, doing what's right in the eyes of the Lord, you know. And so that's yeah. that's kind of what happened to Lone Pine there. And I, I went to Lone Pine twice, actually. So the first time was to... Uh, gained the, the trust of the community. Sure. And then several years later, we, we were called back to help, you know, praise kind God, build regain. up the finances yeah, again, yeah, rebuild exactly, it again. Yeah. So, but in those relationships you build in these rural churches, there was three ladies the second time we went that uh, lost their husbands. And oh, I know sure. that's why God sent us back the second time to be there when their husbands uh, passed on and just to be there for support for them. Sure. So, you know, and it, it led to other things, you know, working in the schools and being able to minister to the kids. And actually in Lone Pine, it, that trust factor led to a uh, Spanish um, church that uh, uh, met, wanted to meet in Lone Pine. So they used our building, you know, so it built a trust factor between uh, the Hispanic people and, and the white oh, people sure. there in small town to being, hey, we worship the same God. We can come together and worship the same Lord in Lone Pine, you know. Oh, so wow. that's that trust factor went on to a lot of things just uh, by building yeah. that trust with the businesses led to other yeah. things, what God can do, you know. So it, it was yeah. fun. Absolutely. And honestly, uh, I really, um, I think it's crazy how often we might even like don't we almost don't connect to those two things you know we kind of say oh sure i could do fine you know I, I should take care of finances like none of us i don't think think that you know we shouldn't but but truth be told um when it comes to revitalizing these rural churches i think oftentimes we view money as a source of problems you know because we don't either don't we often don't have enough of it or whatever but you're almost saying hey you know put money in your hand as a tool whether it's a little money and you just use it to pay off a debt on a regular basis you know or or whether that eventually grows and it, and it starts to affect your people. And then you start supporting missionaries and God blesses and, and all these things. And I love, I hope our listeners really tune into that, that, you know, that this kind of fiscal integrity can be a hugely spiritual win for a church. I mean, I love how, how you mentioned all sorts of results. You had everything from, man, someone just regained respect for the church, which honestly is probably half the battle, even to the point of people getting saved. And obviously taking care of widows, I mean, on your next, you know, your next go around in Lone Pine, like that's still a fiscal conversation, but it's in the context of how do we, how do we grow spiritually as a church? Well, hey, money's not a problem. It's a tool, you know? And so that's, that's a huge encouragement. And I think a huge challenge to us as rural ministers, because our reputation does follow us no matter what you want, no matter whether you want it to or not, like it will 100% follow us wherever we go. Amen. Mm-hmm. Well, let's look at this some more. Um, another concept that kind of emerged from our conversation um, was this idea. You had said the phrase, you said, it's not my church and it's not the people's church, but it's God's church. And as someone who has walked into seven or eight different churches <laughs> and you've had to have that attitude at all seven, eight of those churches, can you tell us maybe why this is such an important lesson for you and maybe break it down? You know, when you say it's not my church, when you say it's not the people's church. What do you mean by both of those things? Well, you know, we, we try to, especially when you go into a rural church, you know, you will find out that um, 
you know, with the, 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 the church family, I should say, is that this is the way it's been for years, you know? Sure. And we, this is the way we do it in this town. <laughs> right. Right. And, and those run pretty deep, you know, those run pretty <laughs> deep. And so I figured out that I've done, tried to do that. This is what I think ministry is. This is what I, I want to see. And uh, whenever I get that attitude, I've gotten that attitude. I found out it doesn't work, you know? Sure. It, it just doesn't work. And I spend most of my time uh, discouraged, frustrated, sure. uh, whatever you want to, you know, upset, you know? And I had to answer that and say, why am I so frustrated all the time? Well, sure. And what'd you come up with? I found out I'm instead of focusing on what I want, <laughs> I better start focusing on what God wants. And I just started spending more time in, in prayer, more time in his word and focusing on my relationship with the Lord and learning mm -hmm. how to surrender my life oh, sure. to the Lord. Sure. And when I found out I started doing that, you know what? I started get, living on more peace, more of God's presence, sure. more of God's peace. And that's the way the Lord showed me, this ain't your ministry, Skaggs. This is yeah. my ministry. And I had finally get to a point saying, Thank you, Lord. And when you do that yeah. as a minister and you realize that it's God's ministry, you know, that's way you can really encourage through his word and direction from the Lord and follow the leading of the Lord to encourage people. This is not your church. This is God's church, you know, oh, wow. and that's a process sometimes. And and here it is. God is in the, in the business of changing lives, you know, sure. and because when you go into a small church, why isn't our church growing? Why isn't why aren't people valid coming question. to our church? Sure. Valid question, you know, yeah. why, why is this? Well, if something's not working, then something different needs to happen. Sure. And you want to know who knows what needs to happen? It's the Lord, you know? Yeah. So how are we going to do this? We need to put our focus on what he wants for mm. his church. Now, wow. that's not easy. I hope I'm explaining that right too. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, if I hear you correctly, what you're trying to say is like, like it almost sounds to me, it reminds me of that parable of the, you know, the, the plank in your own eye and the splinter in others. Cause I think as, as pastors, because again, working with people's difficult, you walk into a situation and you go, well, if only such and such would change and such and such would change, well, then I could get something done around here. And like, and we, of course, you know, you feel that tension of, of tough people, but I love your approach where you said, man, I had to first walk through the journey of saying God, cause I mean, how many of us try and do that? Like, I mean, we, we don't admit it. But you walk into a town and you say, you know, you almost start to say, well, I want to reshape this church in my image. And then it's not always, it's not even always like, like from a bad place. Like none of us are walking in and saying, oh, make me a superstar. I mean, it's a small town. It's just not going to happen. But I think there's that temptation to say like, I know what I want this church to look like. But it's like you said, God has way more of a plan. And from there, if I catch you right, you start to see that in the congregation. So carry on. I mean, if that sounds, you know, that sounds correct, you know. Well, and that, you're you're right on. You're you're so right on. And when when the people get that, man, and when we we as pastors get that, and the people get that, I have seen the Lord take tough situations and and just re, bring restoration to a church, revitalize a church. You know, there is nothing too impossible for our God. I have seen God take a church that's dead, about ready to die, bring life into it. And I'm here to tell you, I've seen a lot of some healings and some miracles and some salvations, you know, yeah. 
And because you let God be God. Sure. And when you learn that in his church and you let God be God. And then those, some of those have, have had the control for years going, I wish I would have done this years ago, you know? Wow. And I'm here to tell you, you know, if I can tell one, one quick story. In rain, I would love that. I would rain, love that. Okay. Yep. All right. You know, I, I went there and, and um, our kids were kind of still young at the time. So when you move a family. And where know, is Rangeley? Just so I have context. Uh, is this the Oregon or Colorado? This or is California. The, um, yeah. Colorado. It's on the West. Slope. I'm glad, Good question. I get Rangeley. I know where it's at. No one else does, sure. you know, but it's, it's over there by the Utah border actually. So okay. it's on the West, uh, West side, West slope. They call it there. It's only a town of 2000 people. And sure. it's, it's, it's like Malta pretty much in the middle of nowhere, but sure, uh, sure, sure, yeah. you know, <laughs> but, you know, and, and we went there and, um, you know, I looked at the, I kind of remember telling you the outside of the building, uh, the pink facade with the, oh, metal yes, the famous pink church for the, oh, what a, what a beautiful starting point. You know, you have this, it, gosh, what a color, what a choice, you know, all those things carry on. Carry and, on. And, and I'm thinking like, well, I even said, Lord, really? You want me to pass yeah, the yeah. pink church? Come on, Lord. You're you know? incredulous, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. And and it did, it was three months behind on the bills, okay? And and then just hardly any people in the church. That was one of those that just sure. really could, you know, you know, die really and close the doors. Right. And um, of course I had to support a family, you know. So I just I went outside before right. I really talked to the people. I had a new thing and I went outside and I said, Lord, look at this. You know what? <laughs> Yeah, lucky didn't Doesn't already look know. good practically. Yeah, <laughs> and he goes sell that land, and I go, is that a yes? You want me to come? I got a family, and he, and I, so I, I said, okay, Lord, that's what you mean. You, you got to let. That seems crazy, doesn't? Right, because God puts you in a direction, and we find that a lot in the rural church that that people, ministers of all ages, are saying, I need the sure shot. I need the sure shot, and obviously, we get that, but. But God can and has the right to lead you to some pretty interesting places, you know, and demand faith and trust. I mean, carry on, you know. It's, and, it's amen. and you're so right. And so we, I took my family and they weren't able to pay me one penny at the time. And sure. so we went home to pack up and 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 um, I get this call, you know, from the Parks and Rec guy. And he goes, hey, I heard you're the new pastor coming. I said, yes, sure am. <laughs> he goes, you need a job. I got, I need a job. I didn't have to fill yeah. an application, nothing. I, I went, went to the job, you know, worked, uh, watered the lawns, cut the lawns, did baseball fields, you know, weed and all that kind of stuff on a, on a pretty much full-time basis. You know, I had to work full-time. Sure. And so we got there and, and um, at the same time, here was this young man who moved up from Grand Junction because he was having a, he was getting drunk too much. So he came up to live with his grandma. Sure. So we sold this property. Now, before we sold this and, property, and so clarify, you had a church in a Kwanzaa, and then there was a piece of property that was undeveloped behind the church that the church owned. Yep, the church owned it. Okay, okay, just and to so, catch me up and catch our listeners up. Yeah, so yeah, you, no, you I, have an opportunity to sell this property. Mm -hmm. And so, I, um, Pastor Bob Cook, who was the superintendent of the Rocky Mountain, came up on a Saturday. Uh, to do and, you know, to hang out with us, you know, and then Sunday he was going to do sure. a pastoral installation. So I said, Bob, you know, we knew Bob from Bethany Bible College and Debbie sure. knew him from his, her home church. He was on staff there. I said, Bob, I'm three months behind on my bills, but I need to borrow $3,000 from you to get this surveyor out, you know? 
Oh, sure. And he goes, well, I better talk to my presbytery. This is Saturday. So Sunday yeah. morning, Joe, he comes and says, you know what, Mike? We're going to loan you that $3,000. I wow. said, are you sure? We're three months behind our bills. We got no money, no people. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. Long story short, we sell the property for $50,000. Wow. Pay off the mortgage, you know. Yeah. Fix the Catch underneath the bills, the church, hopefully. <laughs> you know, yep. Caught up on all the bills. But this young man who came from Grand Junction, um, he had a business and he would hire contractors out and build duplexes or houses or whatever. Well, it was his grandma that brought the property. So this young man came and, and uh, you know, took over and was building duplexes. Well, in the meantime, he gives me a call and he says, come on over. I need to talk to you. And when I got there, he was crying. He got a DUI. And oh. I said, that's great. Because that one time I got a DUI <laughs> and you know what? Gosh. I can help you get through this. We're going to do this thing together. Sure. sure. You know? So he got saved. He found the Lord through this whole thing. And so wow. he built these duplexes, Joe, and, and inside the walls, he put a Bible inside oh, nice. the walls of the church. So in the, uh, in the meantime, at that job that I didn't even have to fill an application, um, yeah. I, there was a, there's a community college in Rangeley. And so a lot of these students get part-time sure. jobs. So this young lady got a part-time job and, and uh, we kind of worked together out there, built a relationship and then uh, she was a dental hygienist. She was training to be a dental hygienist. So uh, she, can you be my guinea pig? I need to clean your teeth and do all this. So oh, I said, sure. sure. You know, so she's, she starts giving in her story and starts crying. And, and before you know it, there's some counseling that went on, you know, sure. I never sure. invited her to church. She just came on her own, came to church one Sunday, sat in this chair. There's an empty chair next to the empty chair. is this young man's grandma. And he's late getting to church. So he got there, sat next to this young lady. And I want you to give you some good news. They are married to this day. They mm -hmm. got two great boys and they are living in Dallas, Texas, and they are serving the Lord Wow! to this day, you know? So it's things like that, you know, that yeah. God just answering that call. And right. hearing from God, it's God's church, you know, and thinking yeah. it's crazy to sell that property. Right. You know, because honestly, like a lot of people would say, well, no, you know, a couple generations back or 10 years, you know, we bought that property. Here was our intention with it. Here's, you know, it's like you said, man, I mean, nobody, nobody could have seen that plan. Nobody, mm -hmm. not the people, not you, nobody. you know, but like, man, that's so cool. But God had a plan. And not just mm -hmm. a plan to sell that property. It's That's what I mean. It's God's church. You know, right, right. we have to be obedient to him. And I can take that. But part of God's plan was for this young man and this young right. lady to find right. Jesus, come together. Find each other. Yeah. And serve Super the Lord. Cool. So it was just, I, I, I will never forget that. Never forget yeah. that. Because when we hand it over to the Lord, God's got bigger plans. And yeah. I tell you what, in those plans, there's people coming to Jesus. If wow. we just give it over to him and be obedient. So that's what I kind of mean yeah. by it. it's God's church, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. And I think it's true. Like, like I said, like, I hope that as ministers, we start to shift and we, we stop looking for, okay, what, what do I need to do to build this church to just saying, God, what's already, what, what's here? What, what's the vision I'm not seeing God, give me the eyes, you know, give me the next step, give me whatever, because he's got that plan. I mean, it's so cool. Well, hey, uh, I want to ask you a question that maybe touches on the practical for a second, because um, when I 
talk to you about, you know, it's God's church and we're going to convince the pastor it's God's church and convince people it's God's church. I get excited. And then I meet one of those people, right, as a pastor who I need to help get from this is my church. It might be that controlling deacon. It might be that one grandma that nobody can seem to get around her opinion. You know, it's 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 whoever it is that kind of holds on. And every pastor who's going to step into a real church frequently finds these personalities. And so maybe give us one or two practical tips. How did you start kind of that process? I mean, is it just a hey, they had to leave before we could figure it all out? Or are there other things that, that you know, you could give advice on in terms of, you know, how do we how do we engage these rougher personalities and, and let the work of God go forward? Well, and the big thing is, is that, and I know this sounds maybe, um, I don't want to sound harsh, but as ministers, sure. if you're going to be in ministry, you, you got to be thick-skinned. Sure, sure. Plain, plain and simple. Uh, yeah. You know, you can't take anything real personal. You know, I know that's hard sometimes. We all have. Don't yeah. get me wrong. We all have. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but for sure. if you are really in in focus with, with the Lord, you know, in any mm. situations, because before I've had some tough personalities in these churches, very controlling and very hard to deal with, you know, yeah. and have I been perfect at the way I handled every single one of them? No, no, sure, probably no not, way. Yeah. Especially with my my big mouth, I call it. And <laughs> there's no, you know, <laughs> haven't been. But I praise the Lord that yes, yeah, some people have had to leave. Sure. And some people are relationships stronger today than what it was sure. then. You know. And the big thing is is that you have to take a stand for what you believe. Okay. Is that if that makes sense? Yeah, so no, if you I think take, it does because obviously you're, you're kind of. It's like you're setting the tone and you're saying, I'm not jumping on my hills to die on. I'm jumping on, you know, the spiritual one here. It's like, this is where I'm going to be on it, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I, I, I've been through some situations where I feel like outnumbered and outmanned and, and uh, everyone against me, you know, and, uh, and that's hard. That's tough, but I felt good about myself that I didn't back down. I I stood up for what I believed in. All right. And then it's God's church, Lord. I need your direction on this. I need your wisdom. Wow. I need your help on this. And you know what? It's amazing that when you do that, you, you he gives you peace. And we all know sure. as ministers that when we walk in the peace of God, we can think straighter. You know, oh, sure. we can think sure. better. So before I let my emotions take control over that individual, which I have sometimes, right. I'm not going to. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not perfect. We're not perfect. Yeah. We got you. But I found out that when you let God deal with it, Either that person's going to go or that person's going to stay, but either, either way, we're going to press forward with the Lord, you know? So sure. there has been some tough battles and, and, and I just want to, I hope that I can answer that question. Good. But I, yeah, I want to give yeah. you uh, just one quick situation in a, yeah, in a yeah, church yeah, sure. that we had in California where uh, a lot of complainers, they complained about everything. Sure. I mean, they complained about <laughs> yeah. everything. I'm not going to sit here and lie, you know? Right, and, right, right. We're not rose colored glasses, and oh. you know, this thing here. Drove so, me, drove me crazy. And it was a Sunday morning. And all I heard that morning was complain, complain, complain. And, and the worship was going on and, and I really was struggling, you know? And sure. so I went yeah. out to the lobby and I said, Lord, I need a sign because I'm just tired of this complaining. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm we're here to worship the Lord, not complain about this or this or that, you know, whatever it was. I just need a sign. I was out in the lobby of the church during worship because I knew I needed to yeah. preach the word and I want to get in the right frame of mind. Sure, sure. And when I said that, Joe, I looked out into the parking lot and in, in the walkway of the church. I see this young lady coming up, you know, and she's just walking. I never met her before, you know, 
And uh, I when, when I opened up the door, you, normally you say, welcome to so-and-so church, you know, this and that, sure, this and this. Sure, yeah. And I don't know why this came into my mouth. And I go, well, what brings you here? That's what came out of my mouth. And I don't know why I even said that. You it know? kind of surprised me. Why are you at church today? You know, yeah. something's pastor said. You, you know, we don't, we don't ask, you know. <laughs> and I said, what brings you here? And she begins to sobbing cry. Oh, wow. And her words that came out, I need God. Mm. You know, and I said, Lord, thank you for that. Wow. For all the reasons why we have to deal with these rough ones and, and God has helped out in the area. Okay. You know? Sure. And some people do need to leave the church, by the way. Sure. I just want to sure. say that, you know, yeah. some people need to stay. All right. So, but through all this stress that I had at that time, because I'm tired of people coming up against me, I thought, you know, yeah. and I said, Lord, I need a sign. Why do we do this? What's it worth? Because people need God. So wow. if we let those rough people overwhelm us in all those situations, we're letting the enemy defeat us. So we sure. might as well stay in focus and tune with what the Lord wants. Why? Sure. It's because people need the Lord. You know, so I, I hope yeah. that can answer that in, in a way. No, but, no, that's very good. Know. That's very mm -hmm. good. And honestly, like uh, <clears throat> one of the things I thought of was um, I love how a lot of a lot of your answers seem to be, uh, you know, let's make our secure points, you know, be tied to the Lord and not tied to those around us. You know, I, I think of all the Old Testament stories, you know, where where uh, they stopped up the water wells and said, why should the invading army come and find fresh water in it? And I think it says a lot about our soul when as pastors you know, I mean, I think of David when when he comes comes back to Ziklag and and it's burned down and all his men are looking mm -hmm. to stone him. And he says says he strengthened himself in his God. Yep. You know, and I really and I really find just so much power and so much healing in removing other people's ability to control whether I'm going to walk in peace or not. You know, and and how do we do that? It's it's the prayer. It's driving yourself to prayer. And I just loved that, Pastor Mike. That's such a solid solid statement. And then even keeping the vision. You know what I'm saying? Like. Like, of course, of course, people aren't fun to deal with, but then there is, there's the one. And, and of course, even as I said that, like names come to my mind of people mm -hmm. who made it worth it for me in hard seasons. And like the Lord has a way of bringing that along, you know, and right. man, we could chat, we could chat about this for a while, <laughs> but I do want to ask you, I want to ask you one more question. Yes, sir. Um, what's a word of encouragement? Because again, rural towns are hard. They can be hard, you know, for a lot of people, you're coming in from the outside and if you didn't grow up there or raise kids there, like no matter what, there's going to be this element of ah, who is this, you know, what are they doing here? There can be that, that experience. Right. <laughs> and you've done that like seven or eight times where you've walked into a new community and a new community. And so what's a word of encouragement? How did you make it in a sense? How did you manage to succeed long-term even in these kind of situations? So what was, you know, one of those things the Lord used to kind of help you through? You know, and, and, and the big thing is, and I, and I thought about this after the, our phone conversation the other day, of oh, course, sure. that you, you better make sure it's a calling, you know, oh, sure. yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, you, you better make sure it's a calling from God because, you know, we want to say, Lord, there's got to be a Walmart nearby. Uh, right. Lord, there better be a Starbucks nearby. If there's, if there's none of those, I'm not going to do it. Well, you know sure. what? Our nearest Walmart's an hour and a half away. And our nearest yeah, Starbucks we, uh, is about yeah, three hours away. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. it's not about those things. It's about the calling from God. You better know that you know that you know that's what God wants you to do to go out to yeah, our world. Town, you know, but the other big thing is it's lonesome. It can get sure. real lonesome in these rural towns 
And I am so thankful and grateful that I have pastor friends that I can call anytime. <laughs> you, you know what? You need to have those pastor friends that, that I can call a guy from California. I can call I think another friend that lives in Wisconsin right now. And I, there's several sure. other places that when I start feeling lonesome, discouraged, frustrated, whatever it might be, uh, you know, I give them a call and I said, you sure. know what, don't give me your pastor stuff right now. Just be my friend, you know? Sure. And, uh, sure. and uh, I am thankful. We need to have someone that we can talk to, vent to pray with, and that you know that they got your back. You know that they're going to be there for you because you, if you're just going to stay out in the middle of nowhere by yourself and have no one to talk to, it's going to be really hard. Right. And it's and it's probably not going to make it that long, you know? It's it's not. And and I am thankful for actually the Montana Ministry Network. And oh, sure, that, yeah. I believe we have leadership in this in this area that uh I, you know, I've had to be on the phone a couple of times with and guess who made time for me, you know, my my right. leadership. Leaders. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I so appreciate that and be able to help me through a tough situation, you know, in a tough yeah. battle, just having that person to talk to. You can't do this by yourself. You need to have yeah. people that you can get on the phone with or, or Zoom with, whatever you want to do. I mean, we can For do it anything, many ways yeah. nowadays, but but right. you are you got to understand you are not alone. There's people out there who care about you. So that's a big thing about yeah. the whole thing is that you need to have uh you need to have friends that you can talk to and call and and that they'll be there for you and vice versa by the way you know sure yeah um, and you can be there for them yeah mm -hmm. and stuff so that that's yeah. key because it it can get real lonesome in yeah. these rural towns and you're the new guy yeah and, sure yeah yeah exactly you're the outsider you know yeah the outsider and you know, some people don't trust you right away. You know, it takes a while to do that. They don't want sure. to open up to you. They really don't want to hear what you have to say sometimes, you know. And so who is that friend? Who is that person? Right. You know, well, that's right, huge. Yeah. That's huge, Joe. Yeah. And, and and so if I, I want to encourage people, if you hear the Lord calling you out to a rural town, uh, know who those friends that you can call. All sure, right. Sure. And, and call them and call them. Yeah. When, when you need to need to talk to somebody, it's very, very huge and very important, you know, and stuff. So, yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I, I agree. You know, one of the things that's hardest is like, you can't always count on um, having the exact right friend group in the town you live in, uh, mm -hmm. depending on your age, depending on how your church is, you know, whether you're younger or older, like there can be just a lot of gaps. And so I do think it's huge, not, not only to say, Hey, I have people to call, but to be okay that all you can do sometimes is just call, you know, there's people where I wish, I wish they lived next door to me and they don't. But again, it's a calling. We go to these rural places. It's lonesome. But honestly, like God, you know, I mean, I mean, think of how grateful we can be that God called us to such a time as this where communication is possible, you know, mm -hmm. um, man, that's powerful stuff. Well, uh, you know, one thing I want to say, Pastor Mike, is just thank you for taking the time today. I really appreciate your thoughts and your wisdom. Hey, and, and and thank you, Joe, for having a heart for rural ministry. And you know what? Uh, it's good to have a brother like you that uh, we can just, uh, yeah. you know, fellowship with and, and share these stories with. And I just praise the Lord for you and those other ministers out there that have answered the calling because God Absolutely. does love rural churches. Hallelujah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And one of the things I want to say to our listeners is uh you know, just like Pastor Mike said, um, some of you might be listening to this podcast and say, hey, I don't have I don't have someone to talk to. 
Um, can I just encourage you? Uh, I put my email in every single one of these show notes. And so if you look up this podcast, you have a ready-made friend. I like conversations, uh, whether it's I get a cup of coffee in my town and you get one in yours and we have a Zoom. I, I don't really care. I just think that none of us should do this alone. And, and you have w- willing ears and 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 listening ears when it comes to this podcast and, and the Rural Advancement Group. Um, and of course, as I'm going to say every week, uh, please check out Rural Advancement. You know, definitely drop by on Spotify, on the uh, website, www.ruraladvancement.com or on Apple Podcast. And uh, leave us a rating, rating and a review. And most importantly, as is true of most rural things, uh, it's really just going to be word of mouth that gets this resource out there to people. So if you have a pastor or a leader friend who you think could benefit, um, let them know. Let them know that we're here and what we're doing. And and uh, and every week, as we always say, we will uh, be bringing you more rural voices. But uh, for now, we want to say thanks again to Pastor Mike. I've been your host, Joe Epley, and we will see you next week. 